and welcome back to the blunt and the bass. How are you? Oh, super awesome. Thank you for asking. Super awesome. If you're watching on Rumble, Jana's wearing the best shirt ever. It says, <laughs> fuck the government, not kids. I made this shirt <laughs> for whenever uh, Conspiracy Realist and I were first, uh, when we did our first rally two years ago, I was like, I made the sign and I was like, we need this on a shirt. Uh, and it's one of so my favorites. It's very shocking. People are like, "Well, that, yeah, I like your shirt." <laughs> they, they don't know how to take it. They I don't. It. Like I could put "f the government," you know, and maybe soften it a little bit. But I, I, that's why we're called the blunt. Yeah. And I don't do, I was just going to say, I don't do soft. So, <laughs> I don't know what soft means. <laughs> so I was just like, fuck the government. Not nah, kids. Um, all Keep right. So, yeah. So today, uh, Jana came up with a great idea um, to spend a little bit of time talking about us. We haven't really done that. Um and it's not going to be something that we do <laughs> very often. However, I think it's important because we have, we've made a lot of friends. We've made a ton of connections on social media. We have a lot of people that um, are, you know, feel super connected with us, but they don't really know anything about us outside of the fact that we are uh, really vocal about protecting children and um just bringing back common sense to society um but yeah so you're gonna get to learn a little bit about us today <laughs> i think it'll be fun i think so too i mean because she doesn't like to talk about themselves i love talking about myself <laughs> i mean just being like you know some people were like oh no i would never well you know what you can lie That's to yourself a lie. i know it's a, it's a lie they want to talk about themselves. Um, even when I didn't have anything worth talking about, I wanted to talk about myself. I know. When I was in sales and I was like um, coaching other people, it was one of like the biggest things that I would always tell them. Like you want to connect with these people on a personal personal level. Ask them about themselves. Be observant. Um, you know, whenever they say things and then ask, delve into their lives. Everybody wants to talk about themselves and everyone wants someone else to be interested in that. So it's like, you know. It's... All right. So let's get started. Um, Jana, I'm gonna let you go first. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> so tell me, Jana, tell me a little bit about you. Where are you from? What do you do? As much as you want to share as far as like a little bio. Give me like your well, speech. Well, I was born December 7th um, in 83. So what are you sign wise? Because there's a lot of people that are into signs. Oh, uh, I'm Sagittarius. Okay. Thank you for I think, I, I think that's a fire sign, which... I could totally uh, see me being a little fiery. I can see that. Uh, so uh, I turned the big 40 last year. I know. It was quite the experience. Um, I was born in South Pasadena, California. Uh, I have a mom and I have a dad. Whoa. Really? I know. <laughs> I know. Not a they or a them. <laughs> Uh, and uh, my father passed last year uh, from a massive heart attack. And uh, now I uh, was so like unnerving talking about yourself as far as, uh, you know, your life is concerned. But um, I lived in Texas. We lived in Georgia. Uh, and from there, uh, I... Be, you know, started traveling all over the place. Uh, and the reason I started uh, getting on 
TikTok was I wanted to do something different because I had stopped drinking and I drank a lot. So I needed something to fill up my time. Yeah. Uh, so I decided to make a video. And that video uh, led me to make more. Like, it was just for the fun of it. Like, literally, I was just having fun. Some of them, like, I remember my first video. It was about a mask and how useless it is. Yeah. Like, so this is during, you know, COVID. Okay. And uh, my sister, uh, you know, those clamps with the like beads that holds it together like at the doctor's office oh yeah 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 so i i did that and then i clipped a a, a paper towel to my face you know and that was that was my first attempt at being funny on a video uh like i i wish i could like get some of those videos back but they I were banned. like and it was before i understood that at some point i could get banned Mm -hmm. uh so some of those are forever lost but it would be funny to just go ahead and put it out uh as a uh funny reel maybe i'll do that if i can find it uh but so i originally followed you because you were funny like i thought oh my gosh she is hysterical um and i was like wow like and i just would crack up at your videos um you use a lot of humor in your approach to everything, which a lot of people are. I mean, that's a big part of your personality and your attraction. What is, what is like, the other big thing, though? Because people always ask me, like, why am I so passionate about this? And I'm going to ask you that. Why are you so passionate about speaking out? And and you have gotten banned on TikTok to the point that are you even still using TikTok? Oh, I, I have about 30,000 followers okay. on TikTok, but uh, I, I really very rarely post anything anymore. Um, but sometimes I do. Like lately, I, I've posted a few videos, uh, but for the majority, uh, my my uh, social media is now on Instagram, which yeah. is no better than TikTok at this point, if you ask me. With like the censorship for sure. Right, and the shadow banning. Um, I've literally lost 4,000 followers in the last two months. Like, I get that, you know, you, people will unfollow you, but mm, I don't think that, that, that that's a little bit much. And my, my uh, content hasn't changed, mm -hmm. so there's no reason for it. It's just a little bit frustrating. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, you obviously, I know we have experienced um, a lot of the similar things with, like, getting banned, getting shut down. Um, and I'm going through the same thing on IG as far as, like, losing followers, which people have reached out to me and they're like, I have to refollow you every single day. And I'm like, it's TikTok. I mean, it's IG. Like, they censor um, everything. They remove followers. It's just ridiculous. So it's a constant battle for us and it's like emotionally and mentally draining but you stay in the game so obviously there is something else what's your other like big why as to why you're continuing to stay committed and you keep coming back to these platforms to you know get your message out there like what's inspiring you uh i'm doing this for my inner self <laughs> you know uh i had a rough childhood and uh, if I had been raised at this time and this age, I would have surely cut off my genitals and been convinced that I was a boy and that I was born in the wrong body. And for me, this is the opportunity to help others. And if I can uh, stop one child from experiencing some of the trauma and the grooming that I experienced as a child, uh, that's what makes me push forward. Like, I wouldn't want anyone to give up on me. And so I feel the same way. Like, I'm not going to give up on a possible human being that could be affected in a positive way by the actions that I've decided to take. 
doing the right thing for the right reason. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, my family and I have to cook and I have to do this and I have to do that. And they don't they don't serve in any aspect of their life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's to me like really shows uh, what type of person you are, because you have to understand that it's not all about me. It's not all about you, but it is all about us, mm -hmm. you know, and how can we have a better us if we don't uh, participate in service? And that's not just service within your house, but within your community. Uh, yeah. And a lot of people, like, they have no service. And I don't think that people should do what I think they should do. Yeah. But be of service in some way, in some area of life. You know, like, it doesn't matter if it doesn't interest you. Like, it's just something that you should participate in on some kind of level. Not all service looks the same. Mm -hmm. And I think, but for me, it's just like, I was, uh, I, I had all of these, uh, these issues and literally me working them out has happened through service work. So yeah. self-help. I like that. And I have the same mentality. So, um, what goals are you currently working on as far as like, um, what do you want to accomplish with like your social media presence, um, or anything else as far as goal related? I want to, uh, improve, uh, this podcast, uh, for me, like, I think that what we're doing together is really important. And mm -hmm. so uh, I have focused on more learning how to be better as far as the computer is concerned. Like, that's my, like, 2024 goal. You know, I don't have to shoot for the goal of going to the gym or, you know, stop smoking cigarettes. So it looks a little bit different this year, you know. Wow. Uh, so 2024 is, I hope to, you know, perhaps, uh, know a little bit more about editing and, um, doing that aspect of it. Cause I, I think it's something new and I haven't done and I haven't mastered. And for me, like, I like to do things and master it and then try something new. Like I was a truck driver for eight years, so mm -hmm. I drove all around the country, uh in a big rig uh not my favorite thing to do but i did do it so um for me like i like to learn new things and that's for me like as far as uh i also have uh you know gaze against groomers uh and you know we're out here you know trying to write legislation and you know do all kinds of things on that aspect and to try and serve the the gay community and uh you know just inform people that you know children aren't born in the wrong body yeah right? like uh the worst thing you can do to a child is to make them believe that uh they are not perfectly made you know to live in that aspect throughout life can you imagine how hard that is so um this is Part of, you know, uh, my goal is to just, you know, embrace that and, and, and go out to these school boards and, you know, hopefully make a change. Um, it would be nice for, you know, you know, for me to do this full time, but I'm not quite there yet. Uh, I do, uh, love selling stuff. So, uh, uh, I, uh. I sell a particular product at a particular store mm. and I enjoy it a lot. I won't go into much detail since, you know, uh, what was it? Oh, last year, right around this time, I got fired from, uh, uh, from Applebee's for standing for up for it. Well, I did, you know, it was my bad. You know what I mean? Like I've never been one to go, oh, it's their fault, this fault. No. Uh, it, I had the emblem on, so yeah. what I said, 
But the fact that I was just standing up for women's rights is crazy that I got fired. That's completely, that's, that's insane. I, and I mean, at that point, my, my father had just died. I was in California. They told me over the phone and I was just like, God, obviously you didn't want me to have that job anymore. Thank you for this opportunity. Have a super awesome day. Look, I got fired from that gay nightclub for my social media, so I get it, you know? <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ooh. I first got the job. Every you and conspiracy realists were like, okay, let's see. <laughs> let's see how long. Because we knew as soon as they found my social media, they were going to fire me for it because Ohio is one of those um at will employers they can fire you for anything they don't have to disclose it but i knew that's what it was and i have evidence uh that that's exactly what it was i mean they promoted me to like you know manager like not manager but you know like a shift leader is what it was like head bartender sorry um like within the first week i you know i had keys to everything they were calling me to pick up all the empty shifts uh you know there was a lot of evidence that they had a lot of trust and faith in the fact that, because I mean, I did the job. Like I, I always do the job, but um, I mean, I've been bartending since high school, you know, 20 some years. Um, And I'm really good with people and I was good there, but I knew we knew y'all knew too. The minute they found it, they were like, "Mm, you gotta go. I I was looking for a job when I found this one. Yeah. So that's funny. Um, It's also wild, though, like that we can get fired for just speaking out against like mutilating children, um, preserving women's rights. Like it's it's wild. But this is the time that we live in. So. I mean, what? but what was even crazier for you, though, is that you didn't have any videos on TikTok. Like, there was nothing. I like, never connected the the career uh, where I was working. I never divulged that. I never put any kind of, like, you didn't see me in any of my attire. Like, I did not expose where I was working. But, you know, I mean, people... I had a lot of videos that were that would go viral and um and I think it was more of location wise people in that area started cuz they would they would ask they were like inviting me to things like one of the artist guys was like oh come out here and do this they wanted my number they wanted me to get involved in all of this stuff so of course you're naturally going to start to see those people pop up in your yep. social media and that's what happened. I popped up in someone's and then that person told one of them and then they were like, oh, my God, they probably had like their mouths were probably to the floor when they discovered my social media. Like, I mean, and it one of one of the patrons even added me on Snapchat and sent me a message and I screenshotted it and I knew it had to be one of the patrons because of what he said. Like, this is how triggered they were that they found me after I was already fired and then tried to like, I don't know if they were trying to like get evidence and stuff. Look, I have a, I have a great life. Like I have a really good, solid life. Like I have always bartended on the side um, because it's really good money, you know? And but I didn't need to. I wanted to. And I, I just, I love bartending. I love being around the people. I love the experience, the atmosphere. Um, but I think they wanted to, like, see that I was, like, you know, struggling or, like, I was sad about um, being fired or something. Now, I will say I made friends with these people. Like, I respected them. I didn't have any kind of issue with any of them. And this is the issue with the uh, Transtifa community because it's like they want to be all inclusive like uh, inclusive, until they find out that you don't agree with them. And then they're like, hell no, you know? And that was the big 
Um, I would say that it was a really good experience for me to see the other side. It was a good experience for me. Um, it was enlightening. It was eye-opening. It was a great perspective because I had never bartended at like an exclusive gay bar. I've always bartended at just like regular bars or I worked for a private chef and I did, you know, mostly private events and things like that. But it was very eye opening and it just showed the um, the hypocrisy of that community. You know, it's all inclusive until you don't agree with them. And then it's like, screw you. You got it. So we'll have to talk about that in more detail one day because I got stories. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I mean, we had drag shows every weekend. Like, um, I saw things, things I did not want to see. But um, it just affirms the fact that the the community is pretty depraved, and um, everything like that gays against groomers is doing, and everything that that is all justified and necessary to keep kids protected. So, um. What is the spiciest opinion that you um, get a lot of, like, uh, backlash for on, like, your social media? Uh, probably, uh, of course, it's uh, that I don't see trans as, like, that you're actually a woman when you have actually had a penis. Okay. Uh, that's like one of those big ones. Like I just, I, I can't sign off on it. Uh, I think it's great that you think that you're a woman, uh, and that's fine. Like, and within some means, like, you know, I respect that. But, uh, as far as, um, me, like you're going to, uh, censor my voice and, uh, dictate what I say to you, like when you have that type of attitude, uh, like you could ask my mom, like if you ever tell me to do one thing, I will do the exact opposite. Like, don't tell me what to do. If you try telling me what to do, you're gonna get the opposite of what you want. So I would highly suggest you not tell me what to do because I'm really, I'm like really cool and casual, like you know, because. I know that people want to be seen. That's, I absolutely know that. I know yep. people want to be accepted. I know they want to be validated. I Because those are all the things that I want. Right. That's not, do I have to have them in order to feel good about myself? Absolutely not. That's the difference. I don't have to, like, you could call me John, okay? My name is Jana. But you can call me John. Mm. One of my first big clients, they were spending like $20,000. The whole time the guy called me John. Do you think I corrected him? No. I did not. Because I don't care what you call me. If you're spending money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can, I don't, I don't find, like, like, what someone calls me. Like, I don't find that offensive. Right. I don't care. Like, you know, because I knew his intent, too, also. People go, oh, you can't see. You don't know people's intent. Uh, I feel like you can know on some kind of level. Maybe not 100%, but enough to make a, a sound judgment for yourself and go, the yeah. guy, like, like I, I have, I'm a, I'm a bull dyke. I mean, right. like, at that point, like, I mean, it was buzzed. Uh, so I, it's very easy to call me sir, especially the way I present it because, uh, people tell me, you know, that I'm very intimidating, you know, uh, which I, I don't really see that, but you know, um, th that's how it looked, especially with, all, you know, the outfit and the hair and all that. It just, I was seen more as a man than I was a woman. Yeah. It's just, th that's just how it is. But uh, people, you know, have an issue with what other people call them. And I always thought that was weird. But when you start to force people to validate your, you know, delusion, like, I can't. Because I know that, you know, if, if, if it's a man dressed like a woman, whether 
you know, wh- you know, what whatever situation we're in, I would call you know, nine times out of ten. I'm gonna call you, ma'am, you know, and be sweet to you. And ha- but if you were like, if I go, oh, hey, sir, and I mean, ma'am, like that. Or I mess up in any kind of way, and you call me out like that, and 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 you're hateful to me about it. I'm just not gonna. I'm just not gonna validate it. Right now, and now I'm gonna go out of my way not to, not to. And you know what I mean. That doesn't matter where I am. And right. when I say it doesn't matter where I am, it don't matter where I am. If I'm at work, I'm at work. But I'm at work telling you the truth. Yeah, <laughs> that is not my responsibility to make you feel good. Yeah. Now, can I be a nice person and validate you? Absolutely. But how have you treated me in the in the process as well? You know what I mean? People have high expectations while they're acting crazy. I mean, that, that's the truth. No, they be acting I- crazy, asking you. Asking you to validate them and, and and to say the right pronouns, they acting crazy, expecting yeah. you to respect that. I don't know who raised them, but well, that's a, I mean, that behavior in itself um, screams a lack of self confidence, a lack of self worth, and um, they're so unsure of themselves that they feel the need like they have to go out and get that external validation because they don't know how to internally validate themselves there's a lot of unhappiness in those people um internally and they're gonna stay unhappy until they fix what's wrong in here but and see that was uh one of my first videos to ever go viral was uh me saying i don't care what your pronouns are mm-hmm. you know what i mean like no one cares about what your sexual orientation is or how you identify they want to know are you a good human being exactly. at that you know what i mean like what are your characteristics characteristics yeah you know what i mean not who you have sex with not how you identify your genitals no one cares and and that was that went viral, and then that would be the very first, the next day I would be banned my first time on TikTok. Yeah. That, I, I, like, I, I mean, I remember my sister, you know, waking me up and be like, you have, like, 75,000 followers. Uh, and that was just, like, over, it was over, like, it was just insane, and then that, and they shut me down. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you were asking, you know, what is the spiciest thing? And that's also that I do not believe that children are born in the wrong body. I know we talked about that earlier, but I just like to reiterate that because that's probably, you know, hand in hand. Uh, it's really weird because it's almost like, uh, with trans Tifa, they have, you know, gotten so deep into uh, into society, into the culture, mm-hmm. that now you know they have parents questioning themselves and actually like going, "Let's go ahead and socially transition these kids. Yeah. Let's take them to the doctor." Well, I mean, this is mutilation. This is adults mutilating children. It's not like self mutilation, you know, where you know, you have, you know, some mental uh, issues and you, you know, you cut yourself, whatever, you know, that that's completely different. This is literally torture that's being done to these children and they don't even know what the final consequences are going to be as they grow older. Right. So I get a lot of fire from that and why i don't know that's why i always talk really slow so perhaps they'll understand that i don't want to harm children like i don't want to be okay with that and because i'm not okay with that i get banned a lot yeah so there's that yeah i mean i agree with you there it's um it's weird that we have to 
advocate or that we even have to say that we don't support people mutilating kids. And and I would even take it a step further because it's not just the when you get to the physical aspect of it. I feel like there is so much emotional and mental damage that is done in the social transitioning aspect of it, in the communicating to the child and convincing the child that there is something inherently wrong with them, that God made them incorrectly and now they're going to have to go through this whole process to fix themselves accept themselves and allow society to accept themselves like that is long lasting forever emotional damage that's done to kids and it's just it's crazy people don't see that i know like the damage that happened to me it would take a a quarter of a century before I would, you know, really understand what I was doing to myself. Yeah. And how, you know, how I was holding my own self back. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't intentional. I didn't know better, you know, right. but it would take that long before I could even address it. Yeah. And like, when you think about it, that's a long time mm -hmm. to be walking around with issues. Yeah. It is. It is. It's heavy. Yeah. It, you know, and it's hard to unpack. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and... I've been unpacked it for, like, you know, 20-some years. So it's like you have learned mechanisms to not unpack, to avoid sitting in those emotions and not feeling that so it's like now that you are like wait a minute i need to address these issues to really fix myself ultimately for long-term success and now you're forcing yourself to do what you have taught yourself to avoid for however long you've done it absolutely it's like your instinct is to run and be like hell no <laughs> leave all that shit packed <laughs> and geographical change i did it my whole entire life yeah you know i i would get on a greyhound bus and i yeah i'd i'd go to the other side of the coast you know i, I would get a truck and i would drive from texas all the way to florida with google with you remember when you would put oh, that you had to um, print it out right I had it printed out and I had a road map. <laughs> I mean, I, I I had everything packed in the back of my truck. I had an F-150. It was green in 1994. And uh, I, I, I traveled across country. And yeah. I would do that several times because I, I would just be like, I didn't like what you said to me. I didn't like what you did to me. So no, I'm, I'm going to move across the country yeah. and yeah. I'm going to show you. And I, I was I was notorious for that. I mean, it's only been in the last, you know, 10 years that I have somewhat stayed in the same location. Yeah. Because uh, I'm quick to be like, let's go. Yeah. I'm very I, spontaneous. I get it. Like, we all, we have learned, though, those of us that have dealt with adult issues as children um, have learned coping mechanisms that are very unhealthy um but at the at the time it's like it well, worked it worked for us because that's all we knew we didn't know healthy ways to you know handle these emotions or situations we did the best we could and <laughs> yours is <laughs> moving across country <laughs> oh, that was one of many one hey, of avoid many. avoidance is a good one uh, oh yes yes I'm I love it. I, I, I will avoid things uh, all the time. I mean, not as much anymore because I know what avoidance, ha you know, yeah. does. Like, it just postpones, uh, you know, the outcome. You know, whatever that outcome looks like, it doesn't matter. It's still going to postpone it. And perhaps you even miss the opportunity if you do it too much and too long. That's just the way I look at it. Yeah. 
uh, when I stopped smoking this past year. It's been over a hundred days since I've had a cigarette. That's awesome. I can't believe that. I, I, I honestly, it was the worst thing I ever experienced in my whole entire life. I still think about it all the time, but in the beginning, I thought you were going to quit. I'm not going to lie. I would have never told you that. <laughs> uh, I was just like, she's not going to make it. <laughs> you were falling. You were so angry. And I'm just, I was. You were like, I don't know if I want to do a podcast. I know. I'm like, are you okay? What can I do? And I'm just like, go to the gym, work out. <laughs> oh. yep. uh, but I, I, I would tell myself uh, the magic that you're looking for is in the steps you're avoiding to take. I like that. Like, and I just, like, I have it on my whiteboard. I leave it up there so it reminds me. You know, when I'm in difficult times or I'm trying to, you know, uh, I'm trying to get through something like, you know, and define the willingness. Because sometimes willingness is so hard to find. You might be in intellectually, you know, uh, you know, superior, you know, like you're super smart. Uh, but if you don't have the willingness to put things into action, nothing will ever change. Right. And a lot of people they get used to a certain um, certain things, you know, and they're comfortable, and they don't want to they don't want to change that, even if what they're uh, used to isn't good for them. Yeah, you know, uh, but it's comfortable, I, I, and I don't have to change anything, and I don't have to work on anything. Uh, and sometimes people prefer to stay there. I like like you, you know. Uh, I, that wasn't good enough for me. Mm -hmm. Like, it just didn't feel right. Right. And so, you know, I just think that that's pretty important. I agree. I concur 100%. All right. Um, I guess we can do me now. And then at the end, I definitely want us to talk about our next steps, what they can expect from us, and then also... Um, one takeaway if they remember nothing else from everything that we say today <laughs> just one thing um i'm gonna be really brief uh so i'm from south louisiana i'm from hurricane alley most people have no idea where i'm even um where i exist on the map of south louisiana because they're like what's south of new orleans the water right and i'm like no there's actually a lot <laughs> south of new orleans so i live in a real or i grew up in a really small town about um i don't know 45 miles south uh west of new orleans in a very bayou country um Morgan City is what it's called. A lot of the locals call it Morgan Shitty. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like a dead town. Um, we used to be really big in like uh, shrimp production and oil production. In fact, my grandpa was a shrimper growing up. Um, so that was always exciting and fun to have like fresh. I don't think it's Morgan shitty. I think it's a cute little quaint town. Um, we have a lot of like little hidden treasures. We, you know, it's a small community. There's a lot to, to say about growing up in a really small community. Um, you know, cause I got to do a lot of things that like, I think a lot of people didn't get to experience because I did live in such you know, a really um, tight-knit group. Um, yeah, I experienced a shit ton of hurricanes. Um, Hurricane Andrew was the biggest one growing up. We were shut down for, like, uh, I think, like, two and a half weeks. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, we had, I mean, I remember, like, we had, like, huge, uh, like, a big block party in the, in the cul-de-sac that I grew up in, like, all the neighbors were, like, literally eating together, <laughs> like, everyone was just, like, uh, scraping together, we had, like, no electricity, no water for, like, two weeks, it was just, like, insane, um, but it was also really cool, because it's, like, you know, you get, like, the, 
P. Rowe, um, you can like literally like boat around like your neighborhood. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I grew up with like fishing. I love to fish redfish, uh, speckled trout off of uh, uh, the oil rigs at night. It's probably like my favorite type of fishing. Um, but then I also grew up with an Italian mother. So my dad was in the military, met my mom while he was um, stationed in Italy. My mom came to the U.S. as an immigrant. She came through the legal route. There is a legal way of immigration. Um, learned the language. <laughs> she spoke no English when she uh, moved here. It was funny because her English professor told her she would never speak English and she speaks English just fine. She got her citizenship um, later in life because she wanted to be able to vote. She voted for Trump twice. <laughs> so that goes to show you, like, you know, I hate when people say, you know, you're racist if you want to close the border. No, we we have an immigration policy, like um, come in the legal route and do it the right way and become a citizen. Like it's doable. My mom did it, you know. But I also got to spend a lot of my summers in Italy with my grandparents. Which is really cool. That's really cool. Very cool. I didn't appreciate it as a child. I kind of thought it was like a pain because we would leave. Like, I wouldn't even be here to get my report card from school. We would literally leave because I remember that uh, airline tickets were cheaper if you got them in May because if you waited until June, then they spiked up. So we would literally leave like before I could even get like my report card. And then we wouldn't come back until like a week before school started. Um, I did not appreciate it as a child. I do appreciate it now, like, uh, just because it was like, wow, I got to see, like, you know, like the history we were talking about in like class. Like, I got to see these things. <laughs> like, I got to see the Sistine Chapel. You know, I got to see all of the uh great art in Florence and Venice, and you know, I went literally all over Italy. I went to the Dolomites one um winter. I mean, one summer, like you know, into like the French Alps, and um, I saw Rome. I, you know, uh, Pisa, Florence. Like, I don't think there's really any big city that I didn't get to experience and I also got to experience a lot of the small towns too um so that was really cool a lot of people don't know that about me that I am uh 100% like 50% not 100% but like 50% Italian so um also why I love carbs <laughs> absolutely <laughs> like I pasta I'm going to tell you right now, I had the best exposure to food as a child growing up in Cajun country where, you know, I could eat all of the fresh fish, crawfish, boudin, you know, crackling, um, all of that good stuff. And then my mom, who literally homemade pastas, breads, sauces, like, like I had the best food experience as a kid and I and you can tell it as an adult because I love good food and give me cheeses give me breads give me pastas like love them um as far as like my why I got involved in like social media I've always been a huge advocate like you of like um, giving back in the community. I am a huge animal lover. I've done um, work my entire life with shelters on their social media side to the training side um, to fostering puppies and doing all those things. Um, I have five dogs of my own. So there you go. Um, so I also got involved um from my sexual abuse trauma as a child, like you, I did not deal with it for like 25 years. Um, I just kept avoiding and I had my own ways to avoid things. But then when I finally started to realize that a lot of these behaviors were going to be a detriment to my happiness and success long term, that I needed to actually start addressing these issues. 
Um, and one of the biggest things that I found a lot of peace and healing in was to put myself in some type of volunteer situation where I could give back in the ways that maybe I felt like if I had that as a kid, it would have been different for my healing process, if that makes sense. So I started to volunteer as a CASA, which is a court-appointed special advocate. I think I was like 26 whenever I um, started doing this. And you deal with children that go into the foster care system for physical abuse, sexual abuse, whatever it was. Um, and that's where I was like, I that's where I started to get like my biggest healing. Then I just became more and more involved in other things like that um, and wanted to be more of a bigger voice for um, people who have experienced sexual abuse, uh, children specifically who have experienced um, sexual trauma um, because I experienced it firsthand and I want to be able to do all of the things that um, raising awareness around it to avoid the situation that I went through. Um, and so that's why I first got involved. And obviously I'm very politically charged. I'm, you know, a conservative person. I'm not, I don't identify Republican. I'm a conservative person. Um, but I'm also just a common sense person. Like, I'm just like, you know, I can respect and love everybody as long as they respect and love themselves and other people. And they're just good people. Um, and I think we're missing a lot of that in society. Like we're missing like the communication <laughs> aspect Absolutely. of we have forgotten that we can have differences of opinions but still coexist and be respectful human beings um and ultimately i would just like to be able to continue to help and impact um you know as many people as i can as whether it's like raising awareness or you know, bringing exposure to, you know, the things that are happening to children or, um, you know, being an advocate for kids that, uh, you know, experience child sexual assault and obviously um, an advocate for making sure that pedophiles are handled accordingly because society has gone crazy now and we're like at an extreme where they want pedophilia to be like an, a sexual orientation and it's like like it's yeah like what is wrong with you <laughs> um so that's that's kind of my why that's why i am so passionate about what i do and um and like i said i just want to continue to use my platform and my talents and my energy to spread as much good and love um, and that's kind of what you know i want to ultimately make this podcast a success um, absolutely because we do struggle with getting you know banned on tiktok i don't even use tiktok anymore because they took like i'm on account seven they keep taking my accounts they don't let anything of mine posts so mainly my content is on ig i'm starting to put a lot of it more on rumble but i feel like the podcast and rumble is really the only places that we don't get censored and i would like to try and get that out there as much as possible because i feel like we have good messages we have good um intents and we can make more impact if big tech stop censoring us but we know they don't want us to not be censored so we get out yep um the spiciest opinion that most people disagree with me on so there's probably two of them but this one in particular people get really riled up um when i say that i am not a feminist like, I guess a lot of people assumed because I was so pro-woman um, in, like, protecting women's spaces and, you know, not um, losing the progress of, like, the first and second women's movement did. Um, people tend to get, like, put off because I'm not a feminist i think feminism is a lie i think feminism is um a detriment to society 
And I don't know why that shocks people because I um, am a firm believer and supporter in the nuclear family. I'm also um, a supporter of um, women knowing their roles in the sense of in the relationship with the man like i i feel like feminists are at a point they have gone to the extreme to where they want to eradicate men they want to erase men completely or demean them or um, emasculate them and i would never want to do that like i men and women both bring different things to the table. We both have very unique talents, um, characteristics, attributes. Um, and I think that for a thriving, successful society, men and women both contribute equally. You know, like, you know, I, it's just, it baffles me that people are like, you know, um, we don't need men. Yeah, the fuck we do. We do. <laughs> um, for a lot of things, even if you're even if you're a lesbian and you're not ever going to be in a relationship with a man, there are still a lot of lesbians out there that will still say, "Yes, society does need strong men. We do need men." Like I might be like, yeah, I used to tell people all the time, I might look like a dyke, but I'm not like a regular dyke. Right. <laughs> I'm not handy at all. Like I can barely even screw in a light bulb without getting overwhelmed. Okay. Uh, I can sell things. I can't build things. Right. And uh, nor do I want to. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not ever been a desire of mine. Like, never desired to be a man. I might have dressed masculine. Yeah. But that wasn't, like, and nor do I need to justify why or how I dress to people or how I did, you know, whatever the case is. Uh, it was for... For me, it wasn't for me to be a man. Right. Uh, so. No, I get it. Yeah. And that's what I, I don't know why the, that is something that people get alarmed by. But yeah, folks, I've said it and I'll say it again. I'm not a feminist. Um, you're never going to get me to say that I hate men and we don't need men because that's just asinine thinking. And honestly, like. Um, I had a career in sales. I had a very successful career in financial sales before I got married and before I had my two youngest kids. Um, but after I had my two youngest kids, I was afforded the opportunity to stay home with them and be a housewife and take care of them. And I think that that is a privilege. I don't look at that as a detriment, like I'm not contributing to the household. No, I do everything for the household. Like, and that doesn't take away from my uniqueness, my talents, my abilities. Um, and I look at it as something like, I, if I get the luxury of raising my children myself of like being there for them as much as I can of being as involved as I can like that is obviously I think where I should be where I need to be and the best experience for me and for my kids like it's the most beneficial thing that you could do and a lot of people I think society as a whole is teaching women that it's it's a negative thing if you're you know a stay-at-home mom it's negative if you don't focus on a career and no that is a career that's like the most important career that you could possibly do um so and it's funny because uh my uh my uh best friend she is a stay-at-home mom and she is she's great she's dedicated at it yeah, and when I was younger, I'd be like, "Don't you want to get a job?" You know, and she's like, "I have a job," and you know, I never really understood it until I got older. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, and I think it has a lot to do with you know your own experience. Like, you know, when you have kids, you think about kids. When right. you don't have kids, you think about yourself. Yeah, uh, and and that was totally how I was when I was younger. I was you know thinking about myself and thinking that a career was really where it was at even though I didn't even have a career like at that point you know what I mean like what was I doing so great working at you know as a, a you know 
a store manager or a uh, assistant manager at a convenience store. Like I wasn't doing anything so great that, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it wasn't as beneficial as, you know, my best friend uh, staying at home with her kids. Right. Uh, like she was doing more than I was, you know? And so I think it's really, uh, you know, like you said, a privilege to be able to uh, have those moments and uh, be there for your kids like that. That's, I think that's awesome. It's like my oldest is 21. I didn't get to stay home with her. I was a single mom. I worked my butt off and, you know, and I worked in like a very male dominated field. That's the other thing. I worked in a male dominated field and I ended up being like one of like the top leaders, top performers. Like I didn't allow um, me being a female to ever like hold me back on like anything. And I also didn't make excuses. Like I was never going to be successful. I went on to be the first woman to achieve. It, it was financial uh, sales is where I was for uh, almost 13 years. And I won, um, one of like the biggest competitions that you know the company has if you're in sales there's like always competitions going on um but this was one of their uh uh consistent uh competitions they had every year and i was the first female to do that i was the first woman to ever win that competition and i was like i didn't allow the fact that i was surrounded by men and i was a minority um to impact you know my ability to succeed in this field so um that's awesome yeah and like my oldest is 21 and i missed out on a lot of the beginning of her life because i was busy working providing you know and fortunately i had my mom and she helped out a lot um with raising my child in those uh beginning years but it's like had I had that opportunity I would have loved to stay home and just take care like you know with my kids now like I am privileged to be able to do that um so and I can still do all the other stuff that I want to (laughs) do like yeah it doesn't make me less of a person I think it makes you um a better uh yeah, I think it's better just like because there's so much to do like whether you're at work or you know yeah. you have to provide for yourself and the fact that you are provided for you get you and you know your significant other get to work together to have something even better like for right. me I'm a solo so I had to provide but I also had to come here and do all the other things as well which makes life a little bit more difficult so i don't think you're gaining so much by going i'm gonna be single and not have any kids and all yeah it's not i don't think it's i don't think you know we think about it like long term like what that actually looks like yeah yeah uh definitely a hard lesson to learn uh just speaking from personal experience um, I, I agree. So what can people expect from us next? Um, I think that these conversations are going to be deeper dives. I think that we're going to have some, uh, great interviews, uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. I'm just speaking it all into life. I, I think there's, uh, a lot that's going to happen. I don't know what it is yet. Uh, but I know it's going to be super awesome. Uh, personally, uh, that's just, I think you should expect the absolute truth from us Mm -hmm. and that we will be bringing common sense back all year long. That's right. I agree with you. I think that it's just going to be as, and I can already tell, like we are only like 15 episodes into this. We've grown so much from, uh, day one and I feel like we're just going to continue to grow and um, hopefully just continue to bring value to uh, the platform that God has given us the opportunity to have um, and just continue to capitalize on that and hopefully see this manifest in so many other um, positive ways and continue to make impact because that's really the most important thing is that we make impact in some kind of positive way. Um, 
what is one takeaway that you want to leave? <laughs> if they remember nothing else, <laughs> what do you want to leave people with? Um, I, I, I really don't know what to say to that. Uh, to take away from, I mean, I, I would prefer you to take away from everything that I said in this whole podcast. Uh, however, I really want you to focus on on what I said about uh, that the uh, the magic that you're looking for is in the the actions you're avoiding to take, mm -hmm. uh, and that means so much to me because that is relatable on so many different categories. Uh, so whether that is exercising or uh, perhaps inserting yourself into the community uh, so that way you're not bitching for no reason, uh, I think that that would be uh, really super awesome. Uh, I think it's a great motto to live by and perhaps uh, it will um, do something for you like it did for me. Yeah. And what about you? So for me, I'm going to leave people with like two things in particular. These are probably like my two favorite things to talk about. Um, oh, and I'll add this little caveat. If you guys are ever looking for a podcast, um, I'm all about like mindset. Like I, you know, I was in like sales for you know, almost 13 years. So I did like a lot of like professional growth, personal growth, leadership training, um, one of the biggest things that I found that I still listen to him today is Rob Dial. Um, is a mindset mentor. He has a podcast. It's like how you start your day. It's three days a week and it's like 15 minutes of your day. It's a great way to start your day if you're ever looking for like some motivation, keep you in the right headspace. Um, one of the things that he has said, and because I say that podcast, because one of the things that he has says, and he says it fairly often, and this is a quote, I should have looked it up who it was from, but, um, you know, people are always like approaching me like, you know, I wish I were you, I wish I was brave enough to like speak out, I wish I could do the things that you did. And I always tell people, it's like, um, the, the, there is nothing in me that makes me any more special than you. Um, you don't have to be the same person that you were five minutes ago. And I like to remind people of that because people tend to box themselves in to um, what society has taught them that is acceptable. What society, maybe their parents, their upbringing has said, this is who you should be. And I think that to really... Uh, live a full life you have to be authentically you and that's really hard to um to come into that but I feel like I'm one of those people that really lives authentically me like I just am who I am I don't apologize for it you either like me or you don't I say what's on my mind um and I just want to remind people you can you can have that too you don't have to be who you were five minutes ago reinvent yourself you know um and then the other thing is to always be teachable. We are um, creatures of habit. We tend to go to like confirmation bias vortexes and, and um, you know, want to surround ourselves with uh, only like-minded people and have that safe space and that safe zone. And I think one of the things that I challenge myself to do is to not do that, to not box myself into that um to not get so caught up in my own views and my own perspective and my own way of thinking to not be open to other um perspectives and that's something that I, th I think is really important it makes you I think it makes you a better person as a whole um and it's something that you know I I struggle with but it's uh i've learned like some of the best lessons in those moments and i have you know really seen different perspectives by just having that mindset and keeping myself in check so always being teachable um is the other thing that i would say and one other thing is <laughs> this really isn't like something i'll leave you with but i think this is important for us to say is um 
being who we are and, you know, being so, um, I guess, committed to making it a, a, a better America, making America great again, making America, America worldly and whatever it is. One of the things that we both um, committed to this year is making a change in who we support, right? As far as Absolutely. putting your money where your mouth is. Um, Patriot Barbie has a company. She uh, personally reached out to us, um, asked us to be spokespeople for it. It is called My Freedom Cart. Um, I always include the link in the show notes. God bless you. Um, I always include the links in the show notes because um, you can go click on the link and check it out yourself. Patriot Barbie is personally available to answer any kind of questions. But it's basically if you shop at Amazon um, and you have subscribe and save, if you're like me, if you have, you know, um, it's household products that we all use every day. And these are things that... um, you're not spending any extra money. It's stuff that you're already bringing into your household. But the important thing for us is that we're supporting like-minded companies. Um, we're supporting Patriot-owned business, American-made um, products. And also, um, we are. Uh, it's all toxin-free, which is the other great thing about it. Um, you know what but, else is great about it? What? Is that... Even when you're purchasing stuff, like me, every month I purchase uh, protein uh, powder and collagen and uh, pre- and post-workouts. So I order that no matter what. Well, then I accumulate money, and I actually bought a whole uh, package of cleaning products and laundry detergent, and I paid 91 cents for it. I mean, I was already going to buy this, you know, protein. I was already going to buy the stuff that I always use no matter what. But I was like, hmm, I think it might be time to kind of check out their cleaning products. I'm running low on my laundry detergent and on my cleaner. Why not? Especially if it was only 91 cents. I don't ever get that from Amazon. You know what I mean? And I, I order from Amazon. I don't get cash back and to order other stuff. I just don't. Now, you know, that's just, that's just something. I just throw sure. that out there. Your points on all of your uh, purchases monthly, and then you can use those points towards future purchases as well, which is another added bonus. It's uh, super awesome. Awesome. And that's how we're going to leave you today. We hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about (laughs) blunt and base. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, you want to leave it with have a super awesome day. Hey.